Welcome back to the Grace Fueled Wife podcast. This is a very special week because as of the date of this podcast is releasing, it's actually releasing on the day of the presidential inauguration uh, for 2020, which is a big deal for most, <laughs> many in the country. And regardless of what your political beliefs and affiliations are, you know, I think one thing we can all agree on is that there's really been a great divide in the country. People have been obviously fighting, disagreeing, arguing, and uh, just praying right now that is a time for us to move forward, to work together, and really move forward for the great of our country, and uh, really just to see God's healing work in us as we move forward. So with that, I wanted to talk to you about this week's topic or this week's episode is going to be on a lesson in apologies. A lesson in apologies. What? I mean, that is something I'm sure we could all use in marriage. But the other thing is coming out of our last week's episode in which we talked about healing from infidelity and one husband's addiction to porn. That apparently is a very popular topic. The um, episodes that I have done on infidelity have been some of my most downloaded episodes. That one was no exception, besides the fact that I had such awesome guests on there. Uh, and I think one of the things that I hear, and I've heard from you listeners, and I've heard in the Facebook groups, is that when there has been some sort of infidelity in the marriage, sometimes um, the offended party doesn't feel like the apology is really sincere. And so what happens when we're feeling like an apology is is sincere or what happens when we are the offending party? Maybe it's not infidelity, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something as simple as you lashed out at your husband for something and you try to apologize and he doesn't really feel it. What do we do in that case when the other person really isn't feeling that the apology is genuine? Well, that's what we're talking about this week, a lesson in apologies. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Gracefield Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. 
Hello, hello. All right, so the idea for this episode came from a book that I read by Gary Chapman. And if you have listened to anything that I've put out in the past or have been listening for some time, you know that I am a huge Gary Chapman fan. He is the author of The Five Love Languages, which is like, I think, should be Marriage Reading 101. And he's really such a uh, brilliant mind in this space of marriages and healing and helping people heal through their marriages. Obviously, he's a doctor. He's written several best-selling books. And this book was, I guess, a little a little less known than The Five Love Languages. But I, when I found it, I thought, oh my gosh, this is part of the missing piece. So if you are familiar with The Five Love Languages at all, you know that Gary talks about like I call him Gary, like we're on a first name basis. <laughs> He's like a uh, podcast goals to you would be like a goal guest to have on this show. If you know him, reach out to him, let me know. Anyway, in the five love languages, he talks about how we all have a love language that we speak. And that means that in the the way each of us express love differently, and each of us feel love differently. And so, you know, the way one might feel more loved might be different than another. So and he talks about what each of these languages are. For example, me being a words of affirmation person. So if you tell me things, you know, tell me, oh, you're awesome. You're great. I love you. That kind of thing. Reviews, those things, they mean a, a, a lot to me um, because I, that's just kind of how I feel most loved. Other people are different. There's people who are, love gifts or acts of service. And so that's the whole idea behind the love languages. I do have a podcast episode on that, but I'm not going to spend my the bulk of my time talking about that today. The important thing to notice is that what he draws is this parallel to in the same way that everybody has one way that they want to be loved they also have a way that they want that they not that they want to be apologized to but a way that they find apologies to be most genuine he goes on to talk about how oftentimes with a couple or within family members or whatever maybe the offense is between a brother or a sister or co-workers or whatever it doesn't necessarily have to be with a married couple but essentially where there's two parties and one is offended and the offending party makes an attempt to apologize and sometimes the other party just doesn't feel it and he talks about gives all these examples how sometimes the person who's apologizing doesn't actually say I was wrong maybe they say I'm sorry how can I make it better but they don't say I was wrong and therefore the person who was offended doesn't actually feel that their apology is genuine and so with this he gives some apology languages and I just wanted to jump into that a little bit because I found this to be really um kind of life-changing you know it was almost like this light bulb went on and I actually started to apply this pretty quickly after having read the book and I noticed an immediate difference I had a little bit of a disagreement with my husband the other day this was literally like two days ago he made a comment I didn't like and I 
you know, me, I'm a talker. I, I'm, this is, I'm the one who preaches about grace. And the reason why I preach about grace is because I oftentimes have trouble showing grace. I have oftentimes, um, have a hard time just holding my tongue if I disagree, right? I'm sure you guys can relate. Please understand that I never try to say I'm perfect. I come from a place of having made all the mistakes myself. And so here I was, he makes his comment. And I was just like, well, don't you think that blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't necessarily rude or disrespectful, my answer to him. But it was really more of I think he felt that couldn't I have just let it go? Couldn't I have just not said anything and let allowed him to make his venting comment in peace and then just let it go? But I didn't see it that way at the time. I thought, well, it was my duty to defend the people that he had made the comment about. And that in itself is a whole problem because it causes your spouse, when you do that, it causes your spouse to feel like, well, you're not on my side. You're always defending everybody else. You can't just let me vent on my own. Why must you defend everybody else? So that can make him really feel like, you know, you're not even on his team. And that's one thing that you need to make sure you have in the marriage, right? You guys need to feel like you're on the same team. And so later, turns out he was upset with me. And, um, you know, when I asked him, what's going on? Are you upset with me? He didn't want to say anything. And I'm just like, no, seriously, are you upset with me? And so he let me know, you know, earlier, I, yeah, I get it. I made a stupid comment, but couldn't you have just let it pass? And he was right. I could have just let the comment pass. It wasn't a big thing. It wasn't something that was worth me saying, or certainly something worth us arguing over. And what I did next was crazy, guys, because I used some of the components to an apology that Gary talks about in a way that I've never done before. And this was like a text apology. And I really feel that the apology resonated with my husband. Other times in the past, I've said sorry, and he hasn't felt like I've really meant the sorry. And, you know, then we continue to fight because I'm just like, well, I said sorry, I don't understand. What else do you want me to do? But this time he actually felt that I was genuinely sorry. And I was, and it doesn't take anything away from the other times that I've apologized and been genuinely sorry. I think it was really more about the posture in which my apology came, the language used in my apology. And that's what I want to share with you guys today. So I'm going to go over really quickly some of the apology languages and what you guys can do in that area. So the first apology language is expressing regret. And that's just going to be you know, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I'm, I'm so sorry that this happened. Expressing regret is basically just letting somebody know that you wish you hadn't said or done the thing and almost like you wish you could take it back. The next apology language is going to be accepting responsibility. And that's really where the saying I was wrong comes in, you know, just taking accountability for your actions. I'm sorry, I was wrong. A little different than expressing regret. You're not saying, I wish I hadn't done that. It, it's really more of a, I did that thing and I was wrong and I'm sorry about it. The next language is going to be making restitution. And that is, how can I make it better? I'm so sorry, I was wrong. How can I make it better? And the how can I make it better 
usually Gary talks about should be coupled with the other person's love language, if possible. And so knowing their love language is going to be a way to do that saying, uh, babe, I'm so sorry, how can I make it better? Or why don't I do this to make it up for you? And the this thing being something that really resonates with him in terms of his love language. So that is making restitution. Next, we have genuinely repenting genuinely repenting. And this is going to be super important in the area of infidelity that we had talked about before. And I had mentioned this in uh, both the episode or the all three of the episodes exactly actually that I had where we talked about infidelity. And that is in order for a couple to turn to a place of healing and turn to a place of getting back to um, rebuilding the trust, right? Trust is something that needs to be rebuilt. There needs to be genuine repentance on behalf of the offended party. The person who was unfaithful really needs to show that not only are they sorry and, you know, maybe that they regret what they did or they're trying to make it better, but really show that they don't have any intentions of doing it again, that they're not going to do it again, that they're committed to the marriage and to the relationship. And that's going to make a really big difference. Even if it's, you know, let's say it's not something as big as infidelity, but maybe it's some other breach of trust. Maybe you and your husband had agreed to spend only a certain kind of amount of money on something. And then, you know, Amazon Prime was having a special and then maybe we did way too much shopping and it put us over budget. And now husband's upset because, you know, we got all these packages now and we're over budget. Genuinely repenting would be saying, babe, I am so sorry take the cards away from me or, you know, take my Amazon access away from me for a little bit. I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't, I don't want to do this again. I don't want it to happen again. So it's, it's going to be coupled with actual action of not doing the thing again. And I'm sure any one of you can understand or imagine why this genuine repentance would be so important. I mean, even God, when we when we ask for forgiveness for our sins, that's that's a thing that God wants from us. He wants to see genuine repentance. He, he will forgive us, but he wants to see genuine repentance. He doesn't want us to turn around and go commit the same sins all over again. Even Jesus, uh, when he said to the woman, do they condemn you? You know, neither do I. Now go and sin no more. He said, go and sin no more. So genuine repentance is going to be so important. And then last thing is going to be requesting forgiveness. So requesting forgiveness is going to be the the simple, humble act of saying, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? And oftentimes we forget to, to put that little sentence into an apology. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. That was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Well, for the person whose apology language is requesting forgiveness, they are going to want to see that we've said, will you forgive me? They're going to want to see that we were humble enough to ask for their forgiveness in that place. So I think all of these things, you can understand how uh, it would be. So each component of the apology, you can understand how it would be so important to 
add them in. And one of the things that Gary talks about is if you're not really sure about the other person's apology language, then one thing you can try to do is in some way touch on all of them, you know, in some way, put a sentence each that that kind of touches on each different language, you know, so expressing regret. I'm so sorry for having done that. I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong would be accepting responsibility. How can I make it up to you? You know, not doing it again or or saying you don't, you know, you won't do it again. And then lastly, requesting forgiveness. And now I don't think every apology needs to have all of these things. But if we if we pick up maybe more than one, you know, so maybe in our apologies, if we're adding more than one, if you're saying, you know, you're expressing regret, accepting responsibility, and at a minimum, requesting forgiveness, and then depending on the level of the offense, you know, talking about making restitution or genuinely repenting, I think some offenses are going to be a little bit more serious than others. And some, yeah, some might require how can I make it up to you? Or some might require a true genuine repentance. Um, I think using all of those things are really is really going to make the person feel like you are genuinely sorry. And that's kind of what I did in that text sorry, text apology to my husband is I used several of these components and I really felt them. It wasn't like I didn't mean to and I was just giving him lip service. I did mean all these things. And so I didn't go ahead and say, well, how can I make it up to you? You know, by kind of responding to a comment because I didn't, you know, the I didn't think the offense warranted that much but I was able to add enough pieces into the apology that he felt that it was genuine and we were able to move on pretty quickly so I hope that was helpful for you guys I'm just going to recap some of the apology language and and I want you guys to sit with that for a little bit what does it look like and you know maybe this opens up your eyes and some ideas for you of like huh no wonder no wonder you know when he said sorry about such and such, I really didn't feel that he meant it because he it was missing one of these components. Or no wonder when I said sorry about such such and such, I didn't, uh, he didn't feel like I meant it. And one of the things that you can actually, if you're trying to figure out your spouse's apology language, is take a look, how do they apologize to you? Usually how they apologize to you indicates what their apology language might be. And that just really opens up that, you know, those doors or can open up your eyes to the to that idea. I'm going to go ahead and put in the show notes a link to an apology quiz. Again, none of this is my work. It's a link directly to Gary's site and you can just jump on there and and check it out. I, you know, I'm such a fan of his work and I like to uh, promote it. I don't get paid anything to share that link. I just um, I just really feel like this was such an, an eye-opening thing for me that I've learned just recently that I wanted to share with you guys. So just to recap, we have one, two, three, we have five apology languages, kind of like we have five love languages, and those are going to be expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting and requesting forgiveness. So let me know, guys, if this resonated with you at all, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Instagram, send me a DM, let me know while like, wow, 
that was really eye-opening for me or send me a message or even join the Facebook group and let's talk about it there. Interested to hear from you guys. By hearing from you is what allows me to really bring you guys the best uh, content that I can. And also, don't forget, the Grace Fields Marriage Method is coming up. We are set to be released in about 30 days. I'm so excited for that. If you're interested to jump in that, in the show notes, there is the Grace Fields Marriage waitlist. And if you join the waitlist now, you have the next 30 days. If you join the waitlist now, you will get a special discount to the course when it releases. So I'm so excited to see you guys there. See you up in the Facebook group and on Instagram DMs until next week. Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.